Shall we pray? Father, thank you for winning our hearts by giving us Jesus. Even when we are enemies of you, thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. Thank you for tearing that veil and ushering us into a relationship where we can call you Father and you call us your sons. Thank you for a broken and a contrite heart. Thank you for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding into all things. Thank you that your will is being done in our lives. Thank you for the grace to tarry in your presence. And thank you that you remain forever exalted in our discussion, even this evening. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. Uh, We thank God for the gift of life. We thank God for qualifying us to see another day and not giving up on us. So we began with a new series last week, which was based on Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, where Paul said something, that rejoice in the Lord again, I say rejoice. To write these same things unto you, for me is not a burden. In some verses he said, for me is not devious, but for you is for your safety. And Peter said the same thing in different words when he said in 2 Peter chapter 1, the verse 12 following, that I think it is right that as long as I am in this tabernacle, constantly put you in remembrance. Do you know these things and you are well established in the truth. As long as I am in this body, as long as I am in this tabernacle, I will constantly put you into remembrance. Because upon the strength of these scriptures that we are doing, a, a, if I should say, a remix version of some selected episodes we have done. Last week, we just exposed the need for us to constantly expose ourselves to the same word over and over again. And we want to set the example ourselves. So we're doing a remix of some selected episodes, about four episodes out of the ones we have done. And for tonight, we'll be doing Who Told You? So it's a Who Told You remix version <laughs> featuring Bene. So Bene will take us through this episode. Okay, um, thank you very much. Good evening, and thank you for the opportunity. I feel that Christ is exalted. Um, so tonight we'll have a little um, recap, as Sam Dollar said, on our very first theme, which is Who Told You? with a subtitle, Discerning the Voice of God. And I think the topic is um, worth relearning over and over again because um, listening to the voice of God to obey is not a one time event in your life. It's not something you do, let's say, at the initial part of your work with God and then later you stop. And then something which will continue with you to the very end of your life, throughout your lifetime on this earth. You have to continually listen to God's voice and obey Him. So it's a daily something, a daily requirement that you need as a Christian. And I think it's worth meeting and it's worth relearning again. And so, yeah, back to the title again, Who Told You? And I'm sure you remember um, where we had our title from, which is Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 to 11. And I'm reading it again. So, and the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? 
Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And so when we read this scripture, some made us understand that God's question to Adam makes us understand that as a person or as an individual, everything you do is as a result of someone's influence on your life or any choice that you make is because someone influenced you. So the schools that we chose um, with our roommates was because we were influenced by a certain voice. It could be the voice of our friends, it could be the voice of our family, our parents. And so we are always influenced by people around us, by things that we see around us. It could be pictures, it could be books that we read. And so as an individual, as a Christian, or as a person, if the Holy Spirit is the one leading your life, or if the Holy Spirit is the one influences your choices, your daily choices, or important choices, any choice in your life, is if the voice of the Holy Spirit takes preeminence in your life, it means the Holy Spirit is the one leading you. And as a child of God or a Christian, is the Holy Spirit's voice, which is paramount in your life. And so he gave us a simple definition of a child of God from our anchor or our memory verse, which is Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So he gave us a simple definition of a child of God, which is someone who is led by the Spirit of God. So when we call someone a child of God, is someone who is led by the Spirit of God. And this definition is pertaining to our topic for discussion. And so some also said that God has so many things to say in our lives or so many things to say concerning various aspects of our lives. That is our health, our marriage, the program we are studying in school. And God wants to speak to us, but then it's not God's inability or God's lack of um, ability to speak to us, but it is our dullness to hear from God. And so it's not as though God is not speaking to us or it's not as though and God doesn't want to speak to us, but it's because we are dull in hearing, it's because we are unable to perceive or discern his voice. And so that's the main reason for our, our discussion, discerning the voice of God. And so if God wants to speak to us and we are not able to perceive his voice, how then can we be able to perceive or discern his voice? And so um, we also talked about um, let's say a simple requirement to hear from God or to hear God's voice. There's not anyone who can hear God's voice. And one of the main requirements for hearing God's voice is to profess faith in Christ. Or so if you want to hear God's voice, you have to be a person who professes faith in Jesus Christ. Or so in simple terms, you have to believe in God or you have to be a Christian or you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ or with God. I'm reading from John chapter 8, verse 47. It says that he that is of God hears God's voice. Ye therefore hear not because you are not of God. So if you are of God, then it means you qualify to hear God's voice. As long as you have a relationship with God or you have a personal relationship with God, you are qualified to hear God's voice. And Jesus clearly stated in John chapter 10, verse 27, he said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So once you are a Christian, you don't have to be um, a super Christian. You don't have to be a mama or a papa or whoever. Once you profess faith in Christ Jesus, you qualify to perceive or discern 
or hear the voice of God. And one thing you must also know that um, when you become a Christian or you are in a personal relationship with God, and your walk is a is a walk of faith, or your journey as a Christian is a walk of faith. So you don't expect to perceive God's voice and by your physical senses. So listening or perceiving God's voice is an act of faith. So you may not perceive God's voice by your physical senses of touch, of hearing with your ear, hearing audible sounds with your ear. Sometimes it may happen, but it doesn't happen all the time. So you may not perceive God's voice with your physical senses. And it's because hearing God's voice is an act of faith. So when you hear people say, oh, God told me this, I heard God's voice and God told me this, it doesn't mean God appeared in their room in some strange way to speak to them. It is an act of faith. And once you also have that faith and walk in that faith, you will also be able to perceive God's voice. Okay, and so how does God's voice sound like? Okay, when let's say some people may have sweet voice, some people may have deep voices. So how it's not in the exact way, but then how does God's voice sounds like? Or let's say the characteristics of God's voice. We talked about it, and we looked at Romans chapter fourteen, verse seventeen. So if you have your Bible, you can open with me Romans chapter fourteen, verse seventeen. It says that, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's voice or the voice of God sounds like these first three things. God's voice sounds like joy or God's voice should um, elicit joy in your heart or should bring joy to you. God's voice is peaceful. God's voice should bring you peace. And, and the third thing I'll talk about is God's voice and instructs us to righteousness. And so there's nothing like God spoke to me to God spoke to me and he said that it's okay to lie in this particular circumstance. God told me that it's okay to cheat in this particular circumstance because of the situation I am in. So God said it's okay. It's never true. And it may be the devil speaking to you because God's voice will never lead you to sin. It always instructs you to righteousness. And God's voice is peaceful. The Bible teaches us in Galatians 5, 22, that one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is um, joy. So God's voice sounds like joy in your heart. It's a settled assurance. And also God's voice gives us peace. And some mentioned two other characteristics of God's voice. And the fourth one is, is mostly repetitive. So sometimes um, when God speaks to you, it may not be just once, but then God will keep staring your heart or God will keep talking about you and especially about your purpose. Let's say God wants you to be a teacher or God wants you to be an evangelist. Sometimes God will keep on repeating it to you over and over again and God will keep staring you up based on what he has said to you. Let's say if he wants you to be a teacher, he has called you to be a teacher. He continually talks to you about it over and over again. And the last thing concerning the characteristics of God's voice is God's voice does not impact fear. God's voice does not impact fear. And so we cited an example in the scriptures. There are lots of times when angels meet people, because the structure of angels are quite strange some of them are enormous yeah so in the bible a lot of times when angels meet people when angels are sent to people they always say do not fear do not fear but then 
the voice of the devil mostly impacts fear onto us. So God's voice sounds like um, peace. God's voice sounds like joy. God's voice will instruct us to righteousness. And God's voice is mostly repetitive. It's not all the time, though, but it's mostly repetitive. Um, so in our human um, relations with one another, there are forms of communication. Someone may smile, someone may hug you, someone may kiss you, someone may look at you. And even with our, sometimes our African parents and some of our mothers, you may have, when you do something, sometimes they have a certain eye that they give you. And when they give you that, you know you have to stop whatever you are doing to pay heed to whatever they would want you to do and it's like a warning sign sometimes when you ignore that particular sign your mom is giving you not a peculiar facial inspection and you don't like heed you know that the next thing coming is sort of a beating or like they, they'll chase you and they'll beat you or something like that so communication is not just in words or there are many forms of communication and also God has a lot of ways he communicates to us as well but we should know that irrespective of the way or the form with which God will speak to you it should have these five characteristics that I mentioned so whether God will speak to you in a dream or any other form it should impact you joy peace it should lead you or instruct you to righteousness and it should not impart fear onto you and so we will look at the ways by which God speaks to us. So how does God speak to us or in what forms or in what ways does God speak to us? And the first one we looked at from our very first episode through scriptures. So now we'll say through um, the pages of the Bible. Now when the Bible talks about the word of God, I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with it. When God talks or when the Bible says, the word of God and in the English language it may mean just one thing but in the the Greek it means or you can have three different um, forms of the word of God and the first one is the Logos which is translated as the total counsel of God referring to Jesus Christ as the total counsel of God and that's what we read in first John chapter one verse one the second one is Rema which is the word of God spoken to you now concerning a particular thing for a particular purpose and the the last one or the third one is the graphe which is the written word of god in what we normally call the scriptures and so the first one we are looking at is through the graphe or through the scriptures or through the pages of the bible so god speaks to us through the graphe or the bible and i remember some mentioning that see, he gave a quote that what is written is written and that's what mostly we call the power of the pen and so the graphy or the written word of god gives us authority for our claims and so the reason why we are bold enough to stand before people and say god loves you or jesus christ died for you is because it's written god has given us a written document which can never be clean or which can never be distorted that he loves us and so when we have the bible we have an authority for our claims and so the graphy or the written word of God gives us authority for our claim and for us Christians the written word of God is our constitution so we have to learn it because God speaks to us through the scripture so the Bible tells us to let the word of God dwell in you richly 
Okay, and so um, the word of God in our hearts makes us easily receptive to the voice of God. And so if we want to be really receptive or if we want to be able to discern the voice of God, we should and we must be able to read the Bible for ourselves. It's not the word of God on your phone. It's not the word of God in your Bible, but then the word of God in your heart that makes you easily receptive to the voice of God. And some explained it as, and he gave an example that there are radio waves all around, but then we are not able to perceive unless we have a radio, the, the device, the radio device, or we take our phone, go to the radio app and tune, and that's when we're able to receive the frequency of the radio waves. So, God speaks to us, but because we don't have the Bible or the scriptures in our hearts, we are not able to perceive or discern the voice of God. And so we have to be able to read the Bible and understand it, read it for ourselves and understand it. And he also gave the example of the bread, that there are microorganisms all around us, but we don't see them, we don't perceive them. But immediately you put bread um, down when you leave it in the open in few days and um, you will see microorganisms you see them feeding you perceive them through the most on their bread and so and so as such the bible or the scriptures is like the radio device or the bread so if we want to perceive god's voice or if we want to hear god's voice we have to be able to read the bible to help us to be able to easily receive or easily discern the voice of God. And so um, recently my roommate told me about something. She was saying that because of the phones that we have and the apps that we have, because of the internet, a lot of times we have lost the art of uh, memorizing scriptures because we, when we remember some, a phrase or yeah, a phrase of the Bible, we just quickly go to our phones, search the internet, and then the whole scripture is before us. And so we have lost the art of um, of meditating, sorry, of memorizing scripture. And I think I fall a victim to that. And so the word of God in our hearts and not just on our phones or not just on our Bibles, sorry, not just in our Bibles makes us easily receptive to God's voice, but the word of God in our hearts. So we should go back to the acts of meditating and then memorizing scripture so that it's easier for us to perceive God's voice because sometimes you are there and then you are going through something but then God whispers um, a memory verse to you or a memory verse you read some time ago come in mind and you are able to combat that particular lie the devil is throwing us you know I remember when we were back at home during the COVID times quite um I was washing boats and then um, all of a sudden this um, thought came to my mind that I'm in the house I am all alone. I barely go out, and so there's no way I'm going to get a boyfriend. It's like, <laughs> I think because of pressures, like a lot of times people ask you, are you in a relationship and all that? So, because sometimes, like, I was quite anxious when I was in the house, um, like, I'm in the house. Um, you are all alone and all that. And so there's no way you are going to have a beloved or something like this. And also I was struggling with that particular thought. And this verse came to mind. And Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, it says that, As my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And as I 
thoughts about that he says that according to his riches and not uh, my poverty so god is going to supply all my needs according to his riches his abundant riches and not my scarcity or not my poverty and that was um like sort of encouragement as soon as i got the understanding of that particular scripture those thoughts that oh you are not going to get a beloved or something like that they just vanished away and so if we want to perceive god's voice or if we want god to speak to us on a daily basis we have to read the bible for ourselves and not just read it try to memorize and then have the word deeply rooted in your heart amen and so equip yourself with reading the bible and not just reading the bible too. you can listen to sermons as well read christian literature books also equip yourself so that god's word will be deeply rooted in your heart amen and so i've talked about the first way in which god speaks to us which is through the scriptures the second one we looked at is through the rema or through rema which is god's word spoken to a particular person at a particular time for a particular purpose and in the bible we see so many of such examples an example is abraham when god told him to sacrifice his son an example is also hosea when god told him to um, marry a woman who is in her luxury and so rema is for specific people at a specific time for a particular purpose and so because of that it's like one-on-one god tells a particular person to do something and it's not for everyone but it's for that particular person and so we learned that we don't make um, doctrines out of rema it's god's word to you so if god tells you that every monday or every friday pray at night or pray from 3 a.m to 5 a.m you don't make a doctrine out of it and say oh because god has told me to pray on mondays or fridays 3 to 5 a.m that's what everyone or every christian in the world has to do no we don't do it that way if God gives you a rema, it's for you. Or God gives a rema for a particular people. Let's say if God gives a rema for your family to do something or an instruction for your family, it's for your family and not for any other um, person. So um, when God gives you a rema or God speaks to you um, through rema, it is for you and it's for a particular purpose and not for any other person. And so when we looked at rema, we had different forms or different types of rema. And the first one we came across, or the first one we learned, is the inner witness. And we learned that the inner witness is mostly is common, or most people say is the most common way by which God speaks to us. Yeah. For the inner witness, the Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit communicates to your spirit. And so it's not um, a scripture, it's an inner knowing, um, a relaxed knowing. It's like God gives you an impression, or, or let's say He lays something on your heart. And so um, sometimes God may lay it on your heart or gives you an impression, let's say an inner conviction to pray for someone, an inner conviction to intercede for someone, an inner conviction to go somewhere and not go somewhere. And so for inner witness, God gives you or the Holy Spirit gives you an impression. And so sometimes um, you may want to go to a particular place. You may want to take a particular um, car. You may want to do a particular thing, but you may get the inner conviction or the inner impression. It's like a relaxed knowing that you shouldn't do it. Don't go here. Don't do this. Don't do this or don't do that. And that's what the inner witness is about. The Holy Spirit gives you an inner conviction about something for you to do a particular thing 
or for you not to do a particular thing. And we looked at this particular scripture, Acts chapter 27, verse 9. I want us to read. So if you have your Bibles, I'm reading. It says that, Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. And so and this was when Paul was being transported to Rome and on their journey. He said that he perceived that this particular journey will not end well. They may lose their life. The Holy Spirit did not speak to him audibly or did not emphatically say this journey will not go on well. This journey, lives will be lost. But then the Holy Spirit gave him an impression or let's say an inner conviction about it. So he said, I perceive that this journey may not end well. And that's what a lot of times we feel or a lot of times the Holy Spirit communicates to us. So we have an inner knowing that we shouldn't do this, an inner knowing that we shouldn't do this, an inner conviction that we should pray. And a lot of times um, prayer, um, and a lot of times the Holy Spirit impresses things on our heart to pray or impresses people on our hearts to pray for. Yes, and so that's it about the inner witness and the second one we looked at the second form of rema we looked at is the direct voice or the let's say the voice of the holy spirit because the holy spirit is a personality he has a voice and he's um the part of the godhead who is responsible for fellowship in our dispensation and so he has a voice and sometimes he can speak to us directly and we see this in Acts chapter 8, verse 20, verse 29, when he spoke to Philip. So I'm reading Acts chapter 8, verse 29. Then the Spirit said to Philip, that was when God was leading Philip to speak to the Ethiopian eunuch. The Bible says, then the Spirit said to Paul. So the Spirit or the Holy Spirit spoke directly to Philip. So the Holy Spirit spoke directly to Philip saying, go near and overtake this chariot. And so with this particular form, the Holy Spirit does not speak to us through a scripture or through an impression, but then a direct voice. And I think um, during that particular time, I shared one way. I shared with you one testimony I had that a particular time I I watched a video of a particular lady um, who had been addicted to drugs and was in a very miserable state. I prayed for her, but I was still anxious. And I remember I was praying with my parents and then I heard a voice which says, trust me, trust me. And so when the voice came or I heard that particular voice, the anxiety and the fear were all gone. So yeah, God can speak to us through his voice or direct voice. It may not necessarily be a scripture or an impression, but then a direct voice. And we learned also that this direct voice sometimes is calm and gentle, but it's authoritative. And so it doesn't give room for questions. It's calm and it's gentle, but then it's authoritative. So God may instruct you through your voice. You do this. And as we see, even in Philip's scenario, the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So through Rema, God can speak to us who are through the inner witness and God can speak to us also through the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
And the last one we looked at under Rema is the, the Holy Spirit speaking to us indirectly. And so sometimes the Holy Spirit may speak to us indirectly. Sometimes it may, may be through a casual conversation with your friend. Let's say you are talking to your friend. It may be as casual as talking about football, talking about, let's say, even your class work and any other casual, any other thing which may not be related to the Bible or something, but through that particular conversation, a word or let's say um, a sentence can let's say um, um, a word or a sentence can stand up to you and then it's like um it, it talks about what the holy spirit had been impressing on your heart or it gives you one um, um sorry an instruction that you believe and then you know that it's not just your friend speaking to you but it's the holy spirit opening your eye to um, something and so we um even as we are talking about these forms of the these forms or ways by which the Holy Spirit um, speaks to us, we should always refer back that whether the Holy Spirit speaks to you through Rema, whether the Holy Spirit speaks to you through Bahafe, it should have the characteristics of the voice of God that we talked about, joy, peace, there's no impact here, mostly repetitive. And so we also gave a very simple scenario about the Grafe and the Rema that the graphene may be illustrated as a map and the rhema may be a tour guide. So you must have your map, which is the word of God. So you must continually read the Bible. Okay, so we learned that we can illustrate the graphene and the rhema as a map and a tour guide. And so the map will be the graphene which is like an inscription, which is the written word of God in the tour guide being the rhema, which God has and tells us this is what we do. What is here, here is where we have to go and show us around, yeah, sort of like that. And so the two primary ways or the, we will say the first line of communication is the rhema and then the graphic. So God basically or primarily speaks to us through the rhema or the graphy, through the specific word or the written word of God. However, God can speak to us through other means, and these means are what we are about to talk about. God can speak to us through dreams. And so I'm reading from Job chapter 33, verse 14 and 15. We looked at it the last time we learned this particular topic. It says, For God may speak in one way, or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream or in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds. And so God may speak to us through Rema, God may speak to us through the graphic, but we may not quite get him or we may not respond to him. And so sometimes he comes to us through a second line of communication or let's say a secondary means, and one of them is through dreams through dreams and so um from what we read it's from 15 it says in a dream in a vision of the night so say a dream is what you see at night let's say when you sleep what you see when you sleep is what we normally call a dream in the scripture or in job scripture it says in a dream in a vision of the night and so we can define based on what job is saying that we can define based on what, based on the scripture here in Job, that dreams are basically what you see when you sleep. And based on the scripture we've read, 
from Job. It says, in a dream, in a vision of the night. So a dream can be defined based on what we are reading from Job as a vision of the night. So here, when I'm talking about dreams or based on the study that we are having, the dreams I am talking about is referring to all forms of visions or forms of dreams or trance or let's say we are grouping all of that under dreams. So God can speak to us in another form or in a secondary form and I'm classifying it as dreams and um, including visions, including trances, including um, spiritual visions or what you may call it. So aside Rema, aside graphic, God can also speak to us through dreams and we should also take note that dreams come to us and dreams can be from God. God can speak to us through dreams or God can give us a particular dream based on what he wants to accomplish in our lives, whether he wants to speak to us or what he wants us to know something. So God can give us dreams and so can the devil also give us dreams. So when we have a dream, it doesn't mean um, it's directly from God or God has given us a particular dream. Also, um, what you do, physical in, um, interactions with people, what you do in a particular day can give you a dream or can help you or can make you dream. And so Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse um, 3, it says that for a dream comes through much activity. So based on your activity or what you do in a day, you can have a dream. Let's say if you are interacting with a particular friend, you saw a particular friend you met quite a long time ago and you saw him or her today and you're so happy. You can go to sleep and then you might probably have a dream about this particular person. And so God can give you a dream. You, you can have a dream based on your interactions with people or your activities in the day. You can also have dreams from the devil or the flesh. The devil can also give you dreams yeah, and also the flesh may influence you to have a particular dream or lead you to have certain dreams. And so we have to be careful not to be lenient with whatever dream we have. So we, if we have a dream, we shouldn't automatically say it's from God because as we are saying, the devil can also give us dreams. And so um, one um, particular thing we learned under dreams is that we have to take responsibility of our dreams. A lot of times when we dream, we are chasing after people. We are chasing after people we call spiritual moments or spiritual purpose to interpret our dreams for us, and which is very wrong. We should um, take responsibility of our spiritual growth and our spiritual work and not lay the burden of our spiritual growth on people. And then we should rather take responsibility for our spiritual growth. And so necessity is laid on us to go to God ourselves, pray to God ourselves and seek him for interpretation of our dreams and not go to any other person because we all have access to God. And so we shouldn't burden people or other people with to interpret our dreams for us. A lot of times we become lazy, we're always chasing after people, but we have to learn to depend on God and pray to God for the interpretation of our own dreams. And as we read from 
Genesis chapter 40, verse 8, it says that don't interpretations come from God. And so the interpretation that we are seeking for our dreams and our visions come from God. And because God has given us access to him, now we can all come to God boldly. We have to take responsibility of our dreams. And because people lie, lots of times, because we are burdening these um, spiritual moments and spiritual purpose, what are my dreams or what is the interpretation of my dreams, they may not necessarily have answers for us but because we are always on them pressuring them they might say something which might be erroneous to us so we should take responsibility of our dreams and not subject ourselves to error by always seeking people to interpret our dreams for us we also learned that no dream is the same your friend your roommate you may have the same dream um, on, the, on the same nights with your roommates but then it doesn't mean that because you have the same dream um, you may have or you have the same interpretations and so no and also no no one's dream is a goal standard and so if your your friend had a dream and in that particular dream let's say she was awarded a certificate and you also have that particular dream and you've been awarded a certificate it doesn't mean that the interpretation your friend had for his or her dream is the same as your dream it's different and you always have to go to God to seek for interpretation of the dreams that you have and not any other person. Lastly, we talked about prophets and the role of prophets in our lives. We read from Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. We learned that in the time past on the Old Testament, God spoke to us through prophets. He spoke to us through kings and he spoke to us through prophets, mainly to us through prophets, because in the Old Testament, there was no direct connection with God. God spoke to them through prophets. And so the words of the prophets were um, like God's words, direct words to the people. But in our days, the Bible says that God speaks to us through Jesus Christ. I'm reading, let me read the description. It says that God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to fathers, to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, who has been appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. So in our days, God speaks to us not through prophets, or God speaks primarily to us not through prophets, but through his son, Jesus Christ. And we know from John chapter 1 that Jesus Christ is the word of God, and we've talked about it, that God primarily speaks to us through his word, which is the graphe and the rema. But then the prophets that we have in our days are not the primary ways by which God speaks to us, they are secondary ways. And so sometimes they confirm what God has already told us. So they don't direct us or they don't um, instruct us without we knowing initially what God wants us to know. And so we don't have to commit our lives into their hands or we don't have to take very important decisions like marriage, very important decisions or even any decision at all in our life solely on prophetic words. We have to find the, the place of prophets in our lives and find the place of God's word in our lives and then live by them. And so we learned that the prophets are not the 
primary ways by which God speaks to us. And that's why we have to judge prophecies. We do not just take prophecies as God's words to us or God's supreme words to us, but we have to judge prophecies because God's in our dispensation. God is not primarily speaking to us through prophets, but then through the graphe or the rema. So we have to judge prophets based on 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, which says that we should let two or three prophets speak and then let others judge. And so we have to judge every prophetic word that we receive. We do not just take it as God's word to us, but we have to judge every prophetic word that we speak. And we judge them in these ways. So how do you judge a prophetic word when you go to church and a prophet or someone to a prophetic word, you receive a prophetic word that you have to do this or you have been called, let's say, let me ask a simple one, you have been called to become a teacher or you've been called to do this or you have yeah, any instruction. The first way by which you can judge prophecies is this, that a prophecy should not contradict the graphy or a prophecy should not contradict the word of God, the written word of God. It should always be in alignment with the written word of God. And also a prophecy should always exalt Jesus Christ in the message of Jesus. So if you have any prophetic word which um, is in contrast with the written word of God or which exalts the prophet and not Jesus Christ, then you should know that that particular word you receive is not from God. It may be from that particular person, it may be from whoever, but then that particular word is not from God. And so we are cautioned to take responsibility of our, um, um, our we should take responsibility of our work with God. We should, um, yeah, we should take responsibility of our work with God, and we shouldn't just leave or place the burden of our ritual growth on prophets or on spiritual leaders or any other person because of Christ. We have access with God, and so we have been admonished to come boldly before the throne of grace and seek mercy. So we have to go before God based on, on we have to go before God. And so in summary, we learn that God's voice sounds like joy. God's voice sounds like peace. God's voice does not impart fear. God's voice leads us into righteousness. Can God primarily speak to us through the scriptures, which is the Bible? So we have to read the Bible if we want to be able to discern the voice of God. And also God speaks to us through the rhema, and which can be the inner witness, which is an inner knowing or an inner conviction concerning a particular thing. God can speak to us through the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, directly to us and instruction to us. God can also speak to us indirectly through some casual means or any other thing. It could even be as simple as a status update, someone's picture, and God can speak to you through that. And also, and um, secondly, those are the primary ways. The secondary ways are the dreams. God can speak to you through dreams and through prophets. And you must always be careful with the dreams and with the prophets they are mostly secondary means and they require confirmation. They sometimes confirm what God has already told you through the graphic and rima. So I'll end here and then I'll let them continue. Thank you. God bless you so much. And we would like to just encourage you if you have not listened to the episode, that's our first episode, Who Told You? The six part series. So there's a lot more 
to study. And I believe that even as you listen to it, even if you have listened to it before, you will learn something new. So tonight, we just want to pray. Jesus said that he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. We just want to pray to God that even as we have been reminded about who told us, we just want to pray that God may we always keep an ear for you in our lives. You see, many times it's after we have taken the decision that we remember that, hey, and we are now trying to figure out, hey, did we consult God? Did we hear from God? I remember once I took a decision and after some months later, the thing didn't go so well. And I was wondering, the day I was taking that decision, did I really consult God? I didn't. <laughs> many times we are like that, we forget God. That is why we are reminding ourselves that keep an ear for God every day of your life. Keep an ear for God every moment of your life. So we just want to pray to God our Father always remind us to keep an ear for you. Because they who are of God hear the voice of God. God has something to say. God wants to lead you. God wants to direct your steps. God wants to order your steps. God wants to deliver you from unfortunate circumstances. God wants to deliver you from a wicked and unreasonable man. But are your ears open to his, to his word? Are you keeping an ear for him? Father, we pray that you always keep an ear for us. Father, we pray that our ears will always be open to your word. That we will learn to shut our ears to the social media. We will learn to shut our ears to whatever media is telling us. We will learn to shut our ears to what circumstances are telling us. We will learn to shut our ears to what financial push is telling us. Father, we pray that we will always keep an ear for you. We always keep an ear for you. We always give that preeminence, that first rule. We always keep that first rule to your voice, to your leading. Because as many as are led by you, they are your sons. We want to be your children, Lord. We thank you that qualified us to be your child. We pray that we will always keep an ear. Just like little children always say, my daddy says, my mommy says. May that be our vocabulary. May that be our addiction. And everything we do is because our daddy in heaven has said so. Father, we pray and we thank you for these precious words of constantly reminding us we acknowledge you that you are the Lord of our lives and we know that in all our ways if we continually acknowledge you you will direct our path thank you for the privilege of prayer and thank you that you hear us when we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Amen God bless you so much we really really appreciate your presence and we hope that you join us next week even as we continue on our remix <laughs> remember to give God your best and to make sure that in the year 2021 and beyond, you owe no man nothing but love. Bye-bye and see you next week.